Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So last, was it last weekend, we went bushwalking and we should have known, you should have known because you're like the expert hiker in the family, that when it's raining, the leeches are out. And when we were driving there, I was thinking to myself, I've never had a leech before. If we don't get eaten by leeches today, it will be a miracle from the great hand of the Lord. And it was like a loop track that we did halfway around. Ivy, who had white shoes on, the rest of us had black, so we couldn't see them. They were only small, but they were literally crawling in and out of the holes in her shoes. And she was hysterical and her dad got mad at her for being hysterical because he wanted her to enjoy nature and she wasn't enjoying it. But how can you enjoy it with leeches literally crawling in and out of your shoes? He's like, just suck it up. And she's like, I want to go home. Anyway, we're like, well, the only way to get home is to keep on walking. You know, so, so a leech had attached to her leg she had flicked it off in hysteria. It had attached to her finger. And then she was going, Mom! And I wanted to help her, but I was freaking out on the inside. I'm like, this is actually disgusting. So then I went to swoosh it off her and it went on my shirt. So I was like trying not to look like I was panicked, but it was disgusting. But sometimes things from our past want to reattach to us and they want to stick on us and they want to be sticky and they want to draw life out from us. Um, but I just feel like you're, you've got in him the, all the salt you need to pour on those little leeches that want to attach to you and they, they will fall off because you've got the power because he's got the power. And as I saw you drumming this morning, I just felt like you're walking into days of amazing victory. And I felt like that for our high school students and for our youth leaders, that you guys are actually, if you're in high school or if you're a youth leader, why don't you stand up this morning? We're going to pray for you and speak life over you. You know, more and more, our high school students are facing enormous challenges in their social settings, online settings, with their mental health, with all of it. It's huge. I just felt like you guys are flag bearers and the flag that you carry is freedom and you're marching and behind you, you are gathering people who are students just like yourself, but they are lost and they are searching and they desperately need the freedom that only Christ can provide. You know, they're searching in this avenue, searching in that avenue, looking here, there and everywhere, but nothing heals, nothing satisfies, nothing will bring true freedom like knowing and being in relationship with Jesus. So if you're in high school today, you're standing, you're a youth leader, why don't you just lift your hands to the Lord? Church, why don't we extend our hands to them this morning, to our youth pastors, to Nick and Dee as well. You know, they're living in days where they are just called to lift a banner for Jesus. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. Because your friends might not tell you, but I'm telling you when they're lying in their beds at night, when they're at home on their own, when their minds are racing, their souls are desperately searching for something. And if you can raise your flag high, the flag of Jesus, the flag of freedom so that they can see it, 
And that's the picture I had of you guys marching at the front and people joining you as you march because they saw your banner, they saw your flag lifted high. So Lord, we pray for our high school students today. We pray for our wonderful youth pastors and our youth leaders who are doing such an incredible job of raising and teaching and training our young people. Father, we just ask for courage upon each and every one of them to raise a flag of freedom so high and so brave and so boldly that their friends around them would see the way that they need to go. Lord, we pray for our friends, pray for their friends in high school. Lord, we just ask that You would open their eyes to see Jesus in their searching, in their waywardness, that they would see You, Lord, and that these guys would be instrumental in leading friends into the freedom that only You provide. Lord, we pray and we uphold Nick and Dee to You. Father, thank You for the exceptional job that they are doing in our youth ministry. Father, we pray that You would continue to inspire them, continue to bring wisdom upon them. Lord, such a, such a tricky age to lead, not just these guys, but all people who are coming in, young people with, with issues and baggage like we've never seen before. Lord, I pray that You would help them to know the way to untangle these guys' lives. Inspire them. Let your word come alive, deeper and brighter in their hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we're in the middle of our, or middle, don't know if we're in the middle, kind of, what was it? Oh, Ukraine. Thanks, Dan. Before we get to that, let's pray for the Ukraine. And let's pray for Russia as well. I saw lots of images this week of um, Russian people protesting. Lots of them are not happy with it either. I think we automatically go, they are the enemy. Um, but they need the Lord's help as well. Um, so let's, let's just pray. Let's just ask for the Lord's help. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? I've got no other answer, no other avenue, but the Lord knows. So Lord, we lift our eyes to you today from where our help comes from. Lord, you have all power. You have all wisdom and all knowledge. You see beginning from end. Lord, we don't know the outcome. We don't know why. We don't know the reasons. But we know that you are in control. And we know that you are sovereign and that you hold the whole world in your hands. That you love each nation with such a deep and tender love. So we pray for the Ukraine today, Lord. We pray as the Russian forces invade, Lord, we just ask that you would protect that you would look after, that you would look out for the Ukrainian people. Father, we pray for our Christian brothers and sisters in Ukraine right now. Lord, that you would strengthen them, that you would empower them, that you would help them. You are our ever-present help in trouble. Lord, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you are righteous. We thank you that you are holy, Lord. Father, we thank you that you're looking out for your people. Lord, for, for people joining the military, for people trying to hide their children away. God, we don't know how they must be feeling or the torment within their own lives but you know and you understand and you are a good father so we pray that you would draw draw close even to those in Russia Lord who are fearful and afraid we pray that their eyes would would be drawn to you that their scales upon their eyes would be taken off to see a God who loves them and who looks out for them we pray that you would soften and change hearts Lord for those who have war in their hearts Lord only you can intervene in a situation like that. So we pray for a mighty work of your hand, a sovereign move of your spirit in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. All right, so we get to the Word now. Thanks for reminding me, Dan. I think we're in about week three of our TikTok, week four, whatever. Dan knows. I don't know. Dan knows. Ask him if you've got any questions along the way. Email him. If you're wondering what week we're up to, email Dan and he can let you know what week. All I know is that I'm on the roster today and here I am and that I've got a, I've got a message. So my message is called Take My Yoke. Not yoke as in your egg whites or the yellow gooey bit inside, but my yoke, Y-O-K-E. So let's have a look at two passages. It's actually the same scripture, just in different translations of the Bible this morning as we start. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 29. If you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. Take, my, take the yoke I give you. Put it on your shoulders and learn from me. I am gentle and humble and you will find rest. Let's read the same passage. This is in the Amplified. It says, Come to me, all you who labour and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, meek and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. You know, the rest that Jesus was referring to was not a physical rest, it was a rest for the souls. And who knows that we live in a restless society where not only are people's physical minds and bodies exhausted from the the overwork of life, but people's souls primarily are burnt out and wearied and lost and heavy. You know, Jesus wants to come to bring rest to that. He has created a yoke, and we're going to talk about what a yoke is in a minute, but He has created one that is the complete opposite of the yoke that we put upon ourselves, that the world puts upon us, which is heavy and wearisome and weighs us down. But the yoke that He has is light and easy to bear. It's not a workless yoke. I think sometimes we think, oh yeah, that's all good. I'll exchange mine for Him and I don't have to do a thing, just kind of walk around with His yoke upon my shoulders. His yoke does include work, but the work that comes from walking with him and being obedient to him actually brings refreshment to our souls. You know, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking of being claustrophobic and I, I don't love confined spaces. I don't know if I would label myself as being claustrophobic, but I was remembering about 10 years ago, Dan and I went on a holiday to Vietnam and we had done a tour of the Coochie Tunnels, which were built during the Vietnam War to help the Vietnamese kind of scurry around and get to places and be undetected. So you could go to a tour. And I was like, there is no way I'm getting in those minute little tunnels because if I get trapped, I won't be able to get out and it won't be good. But Dan decided he was going to go. Now, think of a Vietnamese man <laughs> compared to Dan, and they were looking like, <laughs> they were looking like, oh, this, are you sure you want to go down? Like, are you actually going to fit is what they wanted to say. Anyway, it's free for all. They had a, like a firing range too. It was like no protection, just fire the weapons and off you go. And I was like, this is, I'm going to get shot or stuck in a tunnel. This is the most terrifying place I've ever been to. Anyway, so Dan squeezes his athletic body down the down the tiny hole for the Vietnamese man 
And in front of him was a lady who was claustrophobic, so she probably should not have attempted this in the first place. So Dan was stuck, like literally wedged, like shoulders wedged into this tiny tunnel and she was freaking out. So Dan was saying to her, same thing like on the hike, you've you've just actually got to keep going because you can't get out unless you keep going. And so Dan kind of helped her through and shimmied his shoulders like all the way through to get up um, to the other side of the tunnel. But that's sometimes how our souls feel. We feel so trapped and so closed in and so pressured. And the only way to get through life is to kind of shimmy our way through, try to crawl our way through, just, oh, if I could just make it to Friday. You know, have you ever said that yourself? If I could just make it to Friday, the weekend will be here and I'll somehow muster the energy and the enthusiasm to do another week. You know, Psalm 62 talks about that God creates breathing room for our souls. And if you feel like you are stuck in a Vietnamese tunnel today, not physically, but spiritually, if you think, I feel so overwhelmed, I feel so pressured, I feel like there's no air to breathe, Psalm 62 brings a promise to you that God creates breathing room for your soul. And this is exactly what He does when He exchanges the yoke that we put upon our own shoulders for the easy and light yoke that He creates for us. You know, maybe if you're weary in your soul today, Maybe it's a good opportunity for you to check, well, maybe actually I am a Christian, but I'm carrying my own yoke. I've actually missed the opportunity to exchange my own heaviness for the lightness that God brings. You know, if you've ever worn, I think I did an an analogy I was saying to Dan last week, thinking about this, once where I was on stage and I put Dan's jacket on and said, it's ill-fitting, it's too big for me, it's too heavy for me. That's the yoke that we think that we can manage, that when we do life our own way without following the patterns of God and His Word, we put something on us that's ill-fitting. It's too heavy. It's awkward. You can't move properly in it because the weight of it and the shape of it is not a good fit for us. Or if you've been hiking and you've got a backpack, Dan talks about doing Duke of Ed when he used to be at the college. He used to take students away on Duke of Ed. And he was saying, because the kids were small, but they had to carry so much in their backpack to be able to pass the Duke of Ed course, they would get so weary and fatigued so quickly because a course that they could have done if they were light, they could have easily conquered it. But because they were so weighed down with a bag that was not designed for their small structure to carry... The task was so much harder. And that's a picture of you and I sometimes carrying things that we were not designed to carry. Jesus calls us to take on his yoke and put that on our shoulders instead to make an exchange, to surrender our yoke, to surrender our way of living, our preferences, our choices, to pick up a yoke that he has created. And yes, it requires obedience and yes, it requires work. But we know that when we follow the pattern of God and his word, when we do what it says, even if it requires work, it will still bring blessing to our world. It will still bring freedom to our hearts. You know, in the word, the yoke, or in Jesus' time, the yoke represented two things. In an agricultural sense, it described the wooden yoke that was placed upon an oxen around its neck when it had to do work, when it had to plough, when it had to carry heavy things. 
The footnote that I read in the uh, Matthew 11 thing, it explains what a yoke was. It says it's an agricultural term. Yokes were put on the necks of animals so they would pull a plough or wagon. A yoke was a symbol of obedience and hard work. And that's the yoke that we're called to carry too, obedience and hard work. The second thing that a yoke represented in Jesus' time was a mantle that a rabbi carried, a spiritual mantle yoke that they placed around their neck in a spiritual sense that was for the purpose of two things. A Jewish rabbi would carry a yoke, which was their responsibility to know the word, especially the Torah, and to teach others the word. So a rabbi had a yoke of understanding that he had to put on and then he had to gather disciples, which were then encouraged to carry that same yoke. So say, for example, Lauren Henderson was my rabbi, my teacher in Jesus' time. It would be her responsibility to know the Word and was very strict. The Jewish rabbis were very strict. And this is before Jesus and even when Jesus was around. They were very strict about their lifestyle, about what they did, what they did not do. And so then they gathered disciples. So I, obviously this is Jesus as well. Jesus was a rabbi. He had a yoke and he had disciples as well. So say I'm Lauren's disciple. I would be identified with her by the way that I lived. So she would expect from me certain disciplines, certain lifestyle, certain understanding of the Bible to be her disciple. And so if Irene saw me out in the street living my best life, she'd go, oh yeah, she must be, Lauren must be her rabbi because she's living exactly how Lauren said. And Jesus is our rabbi. He is our master. We are called to be his apprentices. We are called to walk closely with him, to understand his way, to walk in obedience and hard work. The great thing about Jesus' yoke as compared to his other rabbi counterparts was that his yoke was easy. The other rabbis, they didn't have an, an easy yoke. It was a lot of strict, strict religious laws and customs that they had to abide by and so did their disciples. But Jesus had a new code and his, yes, his was obedience and hard work, but his came with freedom, with the sacrifice of the cross, with the ability to, to be close to him in a real relationship. Nan Bulfin is here. Hi, Nan. How good to see you. Looking beautiful. Sorry, it just caught my eye there. Your beauty was just shining just there and it caught my eye as I looked across the church there. Back to Jesus. So the rabbis worked under the strict law of Moses, but Jesus came with a new covenant, a new code. And if you're in, and this is my plug too for our Bible study group, can I say how... Thank you, Lauren. How good is Bible study? We had, yes, girls. We were so excited we beat the boys with our numbers. That was our first goal and we did it. And we were like squashed up in the offices upstairs with our masks on. But it was, how good was it to be with other women who were hungry for the Word? It was no frills. I said to them, I don't do technology. I won't be putting a single thing on a screen bring your Bible or your phone. I had my speaker, which didn't work for the first two minutes. But I was like, oh, hang on, girls, I'll work it out. We got it. I said two wrong scriptures. I read the verses wrong and they all laughed at me, but we moved on. And I said to them, we're actually going to do memory verses. And we chuckled because we thought, oh, that's a little bit Sunday school, isn't it? 
But I said, why is it okay for our kids to learn and memorise scripture, but we think we should grow out of the habit of learning and memorising scripture? So this is my plug, because I'm about to read our memory verse, ladies, so feel free to talk along if you've learnt it. If not, this is your reminder to read the first six chapters of John and learn your memory verse for next week. Um, But it's good because it came to me as I was thinking about the law and Moses and Jesus bringing a new covenant. It came to me, John 1, 16 to 17. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Your rabbi has a new code. He wants you to carry a yoke. Yes, he does. That is true. But the one that he brings does not come with strict religious code. It comes with freedom and it comes with healing. And it's actually a joy to carry. You know, if you're carrying a yoke that is hard, and laboursome and wearisome. It's not a joy to carry, but what He has called us to carry, what He has called for us to put upon our shoulders brings peace in the most chaotic season, brings joy when joy should be absent, brings hope when everything else looks like it's despair around you. That is what your rabbi brings to you. But He wants you to come close. He wants you to be a true disciple who walks with Him, who learns from Him, who understands his ways and who makes a great exchange. He takes off your yoke and says, you don't need to carry that. Why are you so weighed down? I've got something better on offer for you. And it's a good fit. It's a good fit for you. It's got purpose. It's got a plan for you. It's got blessing for you and your family. It's not an ill fit. It's a jacket that when you put on go, you feel like a million dollars. You feel like this was actually designed for me. If you've ever had something tailored for you, I haven't. Remember in Thailand? And again, they were like, and bless your heart. You poor thing, if this was me, I'd be devastated, never travel again. But they're like, oh, King Kong, come, we make you a suit. And I was like, this is my husband. This is our honeymoon. So back when we loved each other greatly. And I was like, that's my husband. Do not call him King Kong. How rude. But they made a great suit. That suit was great, wasn't it? It lasted for ages. And it was a perfect fit for him and for his size and body and his purpose. And that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to give us a good fit where we can function in purpose. Let's read another scripture. Matthew, oh no, sorry, it's the same scripture, but I want to read it out to you in the message version. It says, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. How good's that? You'll recover your life, what you've lost, what you feel like is too far gone, all those dreams that you thought, I'll never accomplish them now. You can recover those things. It says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. You know, you need rest for your physical bodies and holidays and sleep-ins and lazy weekends. They're all great. But they're not a real rest because even if you get those, but your soul is still burnt out and frazzled, you will still feel pressure. You will still feel the emotional toll. You'll still feel triggered. You'll still feel like you're snapping at everybody and and anxious and worried. It says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Watch how the rabbi does it. Take note of how he functions. Take note of his life. Take note of his lifestyle. It says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. 
Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, this is what I want for my life, to live freely and lightly. I don't want to feel weighed down by the pressures of the world. They are going to happen whether we like it or not. But how that affects us really shows us what kind of yoke we have put upon us. You know, it's the question this morning, can we expect true rest in our souls if we don't adopt his yoke? Or if we go, I have a little bit of his and a little bit of mine. Can you really expect true rest in your soul if you're not carrying his yoke? Because the promise is, I'll give you rest, but you have to carry my yoke. You have to walk with me. You have to learn from me. You have to do it my way. And lots of times in, I think especially in the Western church, the Western world, we want to be Christians, but we don't want to fully adopt his way. We don't want to fully adopt his lifestyle. We want to pick and choose bits that we like and carry those and say, yes, I'm a Christian. Look at these aspects of my life. But being a Christian is surrendering your entire life, your will, your emotions, surrendering it all and saying, I lay it down. I pick up my cross and I follow him. And it might not always be the easiest path, but it definitely will be the most rewarding thing you could ever do with your life. So what we need to do is we need to work out how did Jesus live? If we're going to adopt his lifestyle, if we're going to adopt his way of life, How did he live? And I want to talk about a few things. And this is definitely not an exhaustive list. This is what I said to the ladies at Bible study, is that I won't message you in the month to say, have you learnt your memory verse? It's totally on you. And church should be complementary to what you're already doing in your Christian life. This one hour on a Sunday should not be your sustaining power to get you through the week. It's your job, it's your role and responsibility to put in the work during the week so this could just be the inspiration that you need for the cherry on top. So go to your Word, go to the Gospels, discover how Jesus lived, discover what He did, discover His ways, discover His lifestyle. Get so close to Him in the Word that you understand the yoke that you actually have to carry. You know, Jesus was a model for us, not a catwalk model, He was a model to teach us how to live, to teach us the ways. You know, as a teacher, it's my job in the classroom to model for the kids what I want them to learn. On Thursday, I sprung a little test on my year fives and sixes, and it was just to kind of comprehend for me to get a a grasp on what they know about patterns and algebra. So I said to them, we always do this. We assess them at the beginning before we test, before we teach them what we want them to know so we can get a a screenshot of what they know, what we have to teach them. And then we do the exact same test at the end of the subject and we kind of can chart their growth. So I said to them, I'm not teaching you anything. We haven't done this. Don't freak out. Put your name on it. Just have a go. You might get two questions done. You might get the whole page done. But I hadn't modelled anything. So their little eyes, bless their hearts, as they were looking at the sheet of paper going what the heck, is this English? Like, what is this? So I said, I'll read the question so the reading is not a speed bump. You just work out the maths. And they, oh, I said to them, some of you are making me want to cry. You look so stressed. Just relax. If you get one thing right, great. If you get nothing right, doesn't matter because we haven't taught you anything. 
The next day, it was my job to model for them what I actually expected of them, how to work it out, how to get the answer. And that is Jesus. His Word is a model for us of how to work out this life, how to get the answers we need, how to find out how to subtract this from this to get this kind of answer. So Jesus has already modelled for us. He's our perfect rabbi. We are his disciples. It is our job to learn from the modelling. So what did he model to us? The first thing, he modelled time with the Father. In Matthew 14, 22 to 23, it says, As soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. You know, Jesus modelled hard work. He was ministering. This story occurred straight after the feeding of the 5,000, the loaves and the fishes. He was ministering, doing miracles, working hard. And after that time, he knew he needed to be alone with the Father. Jesus modelled that after hard work should come a time of prayer and refreshment with the Father. And I think Dan talked about this on our vision thing, the importance of climbing the mountain Get up that mountain, get every other distraction aside up, the mountain of prayer, of time with the Father. That's where the refreshment comes. And Jesus knew he could not function without time with his Father, without time in prayer, time in the presence of God to recharge and to re-energise. The second thing that he modelled for us was obedience to the Father. In Luke 23, 34, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Even in Jesus' darkest day, you know, even there while he's hanging on the cross for you and I, while the guards are just going, oh, let's just see who can get a bunch of his clothing. Like how degrading for poor Jesus. But even in that time, he knew he had to offer forgiveness. And as I was thinking about this message, this point really stood out for me because there is nothing that will burden your soul more than bitterness and unforgiveness. And even in your darkest days, like this was Jesus' darkest day, he still had the power to offer forgiveness because he walked in obedience with the Father. He knew that's what the Father required of him, so he acted in that. And for lots of us, even in our darkest days where people have hurt us, where they have offended us, where we feel they don't warrant forgiveness, when we take on the yoke that Jesus has made for us, that yoke comes with offering forgiveness to others. And it is difficult and it is hard. I'm not saying that it isn't. It is, but it will free your soul and it will bring so much healing and space to your own soul. So walk in um, obedience to the Father, whether that's, whether that's tithing, whether that's forgiveness, whether that's whatever else. Can't think right now, but whatever it is, <laughs> just do it. Be a Nike, just do it. Walk in, walk in obedience to the Father. The, first, uh, the third thing that Jesus modelled for us was doing the will of the Father. In Mark 14, 36, it says, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Again, in his darkest moment, when he was contemplating the cross, he ultimately asked that the will of the Father be done. And you know, for some of us here today, 
It's about surrendering our own will, our own lifestyle, our own desires, our own dreams sometimes to take up the yoke that Christ has designed for us. You know, I thought back to not long ago, or maybe it was a while ago now, I remember Pastor Andrew preaching about the self-made man, that we are not self, we're not designed to be self-made people, that we are not called to be self-sufficient. Some of us need to lay down the self-sufficiency. We are called to be God-dependent people. Our own ways, we lay them down. Our life is called to be surrendered to Him. We surrender our will, even at our own, it's never at our detriment, but sometimes at a cost to us, knowing that He will abundantly bless us. And if you have freedom in your soul from a lightweight yoke, how much more benefit is that to you and to your life? To live freely, to not be stuck in a Vietnamese tunnel, but to be free, you know, he's leading us by still waters where we can be refreshed, where there's something to eat, where there's calmness being restored to our soul. So I want to encourage you today to make an exchange, to lay down your own yoke that you were never designed to carry. It's ill-fitting and too heavy for you. Lay it down today, your own ways, your own ways of thinking. Because the world wants to corrupt our way of thinking, but we are called to think as the Bible. That is our ultimate truth. That is what is right for us. That is what's right fitting for us. So today I might just get Hendo to come back up. Thanks, Hendo. Hendo, you would have known what to do with the leeches. You should have come that day. I should have made the... I was going to say an exchange. That's weird. That's definitely not what I meant. Not what I meant, but as the hike instructor that day, he would have packed salt for sure. Not just lollies and snacks to get the kids through, but a bit of salt as well. Today as we sit here, I want you to be encouraged that you don't have to be weary in your soul, that you do not have to carry a heavy burden. And if you are, maybe today, just as everybody closes their eyes, as they think for their own life and their own story, Maybe if you find yourself in that scenario time after time after time where you're like, your soul is so weary and fatigued all the time. Maybe today is the day to ask the question, am I trying to do things in my own strength? Am I trying to live life my own way with my own conditions? Am I trying to do it all in my own strength? Have I created my own yoke that I've put upon my shoulders? And today in this moment, in a metaphorical sense, just take off that yoke. It's not designed for you. It's burning you out. It's making you too weary. It's causing you to react to life. And maybe even in the next week, make a commitment. I'm going to learn from my rabbi. I'm going to draw close to him. I'm going to read what the word says about how I should live. And that's the thing I'm going to put upon my shoulders. I'm going to learn from Him. I'm going to walk with Him. I'm only going to put expectation upon myself of what He expects from me. I lay down every other person's expectation of how I should live, how I should feel, how I should react. And I put upon the expectation of Christ that I would walk in obedience, 
that I would work hard, but in my journeying close with Him, that I would learn from Him and I would live lightly and freely. Even if everything else around me is heavy and hard, my soul will still be light. My soul will still be filled with joy and hope. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.